0: Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Weidel, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to widellonwinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm here talking with uh, Katie Milkman, and Katie's a lot of fun. oh thank you talk about tedx how did you get to or the book let's talk about the book the tedx and the podcast
1: yeah all related so sort of fast forward from uh what we we've talked about what led me to want to be a scientist the magic of the social group that i found myself in graduate school that helped me discover what i love doing and i ended up as a professor at warden uh studying the science of behavior change um, and the questions I was interested in are really practically useful. So that was immediately clear to me that, uh, what I wanted to be studying was, was questions that would help people make better decisions in their lives that help them advance their health, their financial security, their education. And that meant that if I wanted to have an impact, which is the reason I'm doing all of this in the first place, right. right. I'm, I'm doing the science because I saw. Well, I, one, I was intrinsically interested, but I also saw an opportunity to make the world a better place. There was meaning yeah. in that for me, but if I'm just having a conversation with a hundred other scholars in the world who are studying related questions and read my papers that's not much of an impact in terms of actually making the world a better place. So I got interested in science communication. How can I spread the word about these things we're finding to a much broader audience so that they'll have real lasting impact on lives? And that's what really led to the podcast, the book, and the TEDx talk that you mentioned. They're all part of that second mission i'd say my first mission in life is advance the science advance the knowledge but the second is and make sure that it doesn't die with me that it goes out to as many uh people as possible and i find it fun also it turns out which is we've talked about fun before fun it one of my favorite findings on the science of behavior changes if you're doing something fun, you will persist. If you're doing something just because there's a long-term goal associated with it, but you're not enjoying it in the moment, you will quit. People don't get that enough. But for me, I'm so lucky that it was fun. I the science was fun okay. and I found the communicating about it was fun. And so um that's what you know led me to these other projects.
0: I can't help myself, but I have to pass this on to you. What because I've spent a lifetime training people too, and what they keep doing things that are rewarding you know they get positive feedback you know and uh they feel good you know they've got to be you know they got to hear a yes they've got to have a, get a paycheck they've got to win an award they got to get some kind of positive feedback where they said this is fun you know and also in the process they start to build confidence i can do this but things that are fun that they have their own confidence. They convince themselves they can do it and really be at least above average, or even a chance at great at those are the kind of things that people pour themselves into, but it starts with getting them those little successes, those baby uh, steps of success. And, uh, you know, you can really orchestrate that by, you know, you setting them up for success uh, by, you know, small achievable type goals, there's Absolutely.
1: Some of my favorite research really reinforces that there's a study I love from the, this isn't about life achievement. It's more about sort of breaking a bigger goal into a smaller goal, but I think it reinforces your point, the study by, um, Hal Hirschfeld from UCLA and collaborators where they show if you invite people to save $5 a day, instead of $150 a month, you uh, you know, multiply by a factor of several, how many people say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable saving because those bite size pieces, um, people are willing to, they can see that. And then, then getting the success, uh, time and again is, is a snowball effect and and that has also been shown. So I think the evidence is so strong and not enough people appreciate the importance of those bite size um, goals that they can see success on.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, as a fellow in our company one time said, everybody has a goal of being financially independent, but what they're missing is those daily achievable uh, uh, pieces of it. Yeah, pieces of it, where you can set those up where you can feel like, yes, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, because you're going to run into all kind of setbacks. But if you have the positive things where you can say, "Yep, in spite of that, I got this done. In spite of that, I got that done," it helps you stay in control of your situation and uh, reinforces you moving, you know, continuing to move forward. And so, what came first, the book or the TED Talk or the podcast?
1: I think the TEDx talk was first, which was really it was a University of Pennsylvania. Um, tedx event and you know it was a good teacher and scholar
0: and well you were the iron professor
1: i was the iron professor exactly (laughs) so that was it wasn't a huge leap that the local tedx organizers would invite me to give a presentation right um and then
0: all the other professors hated you you got selected they didn't
1: (laughs) i don't i don't i don't think they even noticed actually Uh, so everybody's busy in academia i don't think anyone noticed i don't think there was any resentment there. Um and then the podcast, you know, I, I'd written op-eds in places like the New York times and the Washington post and started doing some speaking that, uh, outside of just. How how
0: do you write an op ed in the New York times and things like that? I mean, you just write it and send it in. Do they ask you,
1: you write um, it and send it in. You, You, you know, I had, in both cases that I wrote them, it was, there was scientific, discoveries that I felt Uh were ready for a wide audience and I could communicate in a thousand words and we wrote them up and sent them in and they published it because they thought, oh, this is interesting. Um, We wrote one about how to achieve your New Year's resolutions, another one about a really different research study I'd done looking at whether or not professors discriminate against um, students on the basis of their race and gender um and we had some interesting things to say so in both cases they publish it but this you know it starts to build a little bit of an audience and people are like oh this person does science and talks about it so i think that those that articles the beginning. are those
0: articles uh uh under your uh name
1: yes yeah. you will be able to find them if you oh, search for the new york, the new
0: new york. york times Katie Milkman, the iron Professor.
1: yeah <laughs> I don't think the iron professor will they, yield Is any that part results. of your the
0: iron, iron professor Katie Bowen.
1: Maybe from here on out I'll use that. <laughs> that is a good suggestion. Actually, you will, appreciate now that you're laughing, wait a minute, I'm going to give you an even better one. Um, I have a newsletter and I sent a joke to my former students. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm starting a newsletter because so many of you are in touch and want to hear about what's going on and I'm going to share li- the latest behavioral science. And I said, you know, I joked that I'd name it Milkman Delivers, but that's too ridiculous. And I got all of these emails and every, all of my students, Kate, Katie, you have you have to call it Milkman Delivers. It has to be Milkman Delivers. What are, you know, are you crazy? That's amazing. So I have a newsletter and it's called Milkman Delivers. Okay. It's better than Iron Prof, I think.
0: And, and how do they, yeah, I think so too. And they can get that, yeah, I guess you have a website. I have a website,
1: katymilkman.com. You can sign up for my newsletter, it's free and yeah it has a funny title
0: <laughs> yeah and and in there you put out things i guess it's coming to your attention or that you're working on as far as scientific breakthroughs applications yeah i do
1: it once a month and uh actually what it is is i do these interviews with scientists for my podcast choiceology which is this charles schwab podcast where every episode it's an interview with a scientist about a behavioral quirk or bias or, or some way we could be better that science has proven matters Yeah. and i do these long interviews but we actually only publish a really short edited for- portion of them so i originally started the newsletter as a way that i could share some of the additional content that i thought was interesting so i publish a q a with a scientist every month on a topic that i think is interesting and relevant to current events
0: and so and that's pulled from the podcast
1: it's pulled from yeah podcast t- yeah. You know, tapings that Sometimes part of it aired and part of it didn't. Sometimes all of it aired, sometimes none of, of it aired. It depends.
0: Yeah. Then let's get the name of your book for everyone.
1: It's called How to Change: The Science of Getting From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be.
0: And How to Change, The Science of Getting From Where You Are To Where You Want To Be. Okay. And uh, that's the world I operate in, except not the science part. <laughs> I I deal with the the uh The real life side of that and our approach here is talking to uh, people like yourself who have lived that and let you tell them, you know. uh, The
1: stories yeah the stories are so important, the the book is the book is more focused, the book is full of stories. Yeah. but it is a it's a science nerds book you know i wrote about the yeah. adventure stories of doing the research to uncover the answers to questions about sure. change so yeah. it's um i think it's important for people to know if they pick it up they're gonna you know they're gonna hear about really about the science as well as the stories
0: it's both. right but the thing is it's interesting to hear you talk about making things work you know like when you're you're out there you're doing the research is everybody in the professor world writing up op-eds and sending them into the new york times or something like that i mean you know because you not were, not you know, everyone wants to, to do that.
1: that kind of work right I, you know not all of us uh, i have lots of colleagues who you know we sort of think about there's a spectrum of different types of science from yeah. like like really we call it really basic science like the most fundamental right. like understanding how neurons fire in the brain right, right? um or yeah. understanding uh you know why um you know why our orbit around the sun right. is what it is um those that that would be more there's more basic science questions and then there's really applied science questions where it's right. like really practical right you think like vaccines that's an applied science uh and the kind of work i do where i'm trying to understand like how do we help people change how do we get them to save more exercise more um you know study harder and and get better grades those are really applied research questions it's certainly much more common for someone to be writing op-eds writing a book having a podcast and so on if they're saying those applied questions because you're so close to the practitioner world and the the interplay is really useful right like i get so much out of even a conversation on a podcast where I'm being interviewed and I get to hear you right. sprinkle in your practitioner experiences watching you on Musk or watching. Um, you, you mentioned someone who started sort of the uh, Khan Academy of Medi- medical, right, yeah. uh, the medical world. Like, no. so there's this back and forth where somebody studying how neurons fire isn't going to get that benefit necessarily from the um, public facing work.
0: How do you get a podcast with charles why is it the charles schwab podcast hey listen there's a lot of information online but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something in my case i've actually built a successful business has accrued over 5 billion dollars in assets under management and has done well even during trying times now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to com forward slash webinar. Now, I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. In, in so, so they
1: actually time. started the podcast without me. I'm a, I got to join the team after they'd had a very successful first season with another host. Choice,
0: um still under the same thing choiceology. Choiceology,
1: yeah so i've been this is where my oh god we're working on this i can't remember the 10th season now um really? so there's one season with um uh dan heath who's a really wonderful yeah. science communicator who's written about behavioral science his brother right. is in my field uh professor yeah. at stanford who i've known since i was a graduate student and um dan did a great job with this initial mission so schwab wanted to create a a podcast that would help educate their audience you know including like current current customers and hope for customers about topics that might help them make better financial decisions so that was their vision they brought him on they wanted to have science in it and then when i sort of came in and took over the podcast morphed a bit because i wanted to go deeper on the science um and i i I'm not sure how they found me. I sort of got and I got outreach saying, "Are you interested?" And I listened to some episodes, and I was like, "Wow, this is neat." This and they have a really big audience, and this is a way that I could expand the influence I'm having in terms of communicating about what I think the most interesting science is to help people.
0: How much of your life does that take to do that?
1: Not very much, actually. It's a very small amount of my time, which is one of the other things that's wonderful about it. There's a fantastic production team yeah. that does a lot of story right. chasing. They do a lot of the work. Um, we choose the topics together, so I come with a mm-hmm. big list of things. That- Get to choose who I'll interview, who's gonna be the scientific expert. But then uh the team does most of the heavy lifting. There's a story we tell at the beginning of each episode to illustrate whatever point we're making. Right. And I interview the expert. And I actually am not involved in this sort of story chasing. There's a whole other team that does all of that. How, long, work.
0: how many, how many episodes a month do you put up?
1: We make 12 a year. So 12 a year. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's an off season and an on-season. So
0: yeah.
1: uh, but it's not a huge time commitment, which is part of. I it's been really fun for so many reasons. One of them is it's not a heavy lift. It has really big impact because there's so many people who listen. Um, I also I you're doing this, so you know not everyone has a taste for it. But wow, do I love the interviews because I learn so much and it gives me all sorts of new ideas to get to go. Right. I have to go probe these scientists who are a little outside my. You know, I know their work, but I don't know it super well. I get to ask them these questions, and it. It generates all sorts of ideas. I've gotten so much smarter and I think better at teaching as a result. And so it's had these funny ancillary benefits when I thought it was just going to be a communications experience. It's it's much more. So
0: uh, how do you think about your life right now? I know you enjoy it, but (laughs) you're somebody who has, I think since we've started these interviews, you've had like uh, 5,000 emails have loaded up in your, your, your tray. (laughs) and so i don't want to depress I don't you don't
1: love the email part
0: I don't, <laughs> that's not my I don't favorite part depress, of my life. i don't want to depress you but this is going to come to an end and those emails are going to be they're going to be waiting read for me, me read me read, me, read me. yeah true
1: oh yeah you are depressing me stop but stop
0: <laughs> but it's uh you know it could be silence crickets you know and oh, so uh, yeah there's always worse pro- this is what we call a happy problem OK, yes. this is how we look at this. It's a happy problem, Katie. It's,
1: it is. It's It's so great to have so many interesting things coming across. My but you got a so five year
0: old, a five year old. What kind of, you know, where do you live? What's your life? You don't have to give us your street address and phone number or anything, but
1: <laughs> my five year old would actually if he were here. There was a period yeah. when he was three where we were meeting people on the bus and he would just tell them our address. And we were like, you could have to stop doing that. <laughs> it's very friendly. Um. I live in downtown Philadelphia, which is pretty close to the campus yeah. Yeah. of the University uh-huh. of Pennsylvania, where I work. So it's a walking distance thing. Although obviously, for the last couple of years, mostly I've been hanging out in my house in my home office. Um, right. Yeah, I've got a five year old, my husband's a, a physicist, he's an astronomer, and he teaches at the University of Pennsylvania, too, which is really fun. Um, very lucky to be married to a brilliant academic who's constantly teaching me things. And i love my job i have the best job in the world i you know i get to wake up in the morning and go think about ideas and talk to smart people and cook up new schemes to try to make the world better with science
0: when you think about your future for you what would be a dream come true if all of these you know the compounding continues you know meeting uh more and more people you know the research reaches a new level how do you look at your future I'm sure there's going to be another book you know when you're doing continuing research there's always more reasons to put out the next book and the next book but have you thought about being out and being on uh speaking tours and things like that to get the message out or do you feel like the message about this is going to get out sufficiently well doing the approach you've got
1: i've done a lot of speaking i continue to do that i'm happy the book is you know was a bestseller the new york times just named it one of the eight books to read about healthy living in
0: oh, great. 2021.
1: So, you know, it's doing well, the podcast is doing well. I, I'm an ambitious person who's normally looking for the next thing, but I have to say, I'm really happy. Um, yeah. And I think that when I think about what's the next big goal, it's all in the science. I feel really great about the communications. What I really wanna do is make more progress on, scientific discoveries that can help and how does live that hap- how lives. does that happen
0: you get bigger grants how does that happen yeah
1: bigger bigger grants um you know part of it happens is actually bigger ideas just continuing to uh have conversations with brilliant people from all different disciplines and cook up new ideas about what might really have an impact and then bigger partnerships so Uh, finding organizations that are willing to invest in, um, massive randomized controlled trials. Those that's the kind of work I do to, to test ideas. So. And we did something a couple of years ago that just got published in Nature that was with 24-hour Fitness, and we it involved 60,000 of their members trying to figure out over four weeks could we mm-hmm. get them to exercise more regularly. So that's a really big study, but you can yeah. get bigger than that, right? There's a lot more than 60,000 people in the world who want to be physically active, or you know, we're we're starting to think about partnerships on trying to reduce college attrition because um you know a third of people who start college in the United States I got, don't. Finish. I got an idea.
0: I got an idea for you. Okay, studying the performance productivity of teams where they like their boss or their leader or their manager and they don't or they don't like. You know what I'm saying? Is this an encouraging? Is this a positive person or a negative person? Because I think one of the most destructive hidden things out there is some of these people in authority positions that have gone rogue you know for some reason they've gotten into an addiction or they've just done the same job too long uh, they're taking it for granted and all of a sudden now they're cooling it and they haven't admitted that to themselves where they're like you know a drag on everything everybody underneath them but yeah, being maybe. able to ferret out you know like if you're a big multinational corporation you had tens of thousands of people around the world it would be great to have a program that could track or monitor that because that's that would be one of the biggest to me um
1: uh, yeah uh, you're talking about cool people analytics stuff and i should say there are so many brilliant scholars who are specifically studying teams you're making me think of amy edmondson and her work on psychological safety and um there's there's conferences of, of people who are focused on groups and their interactions and their leaders I mostly study individuals and the decisions they make about their own right. lives and about their the outcomes that will have long-term rewards if they can see them yeah. through, but where the short-term there's some pain, right? Like putting right. money aside or exercising or quitting smoking right. or um, studying hard. So it's it it's a different field, but there's lots of cool opportunities for overlap. And I, I absolutely agree with you that under, better understanding teams and leadership styles and how to diagnose failures a burning question and but i will say there's great people working on that
0: oh so. that's that is great i'm i'm so excited for you and what you're doing and looking forward to getting into your podcast and uh uh get your book and attempt to wade through the science i bet it's not that bad
1: I, I well i hope it's not bad i yeah i bet it's people not that seem bad to... <laughs> you're, you're, science you're, isn't that dense it's, it's a light read
0: you're You're too good of a communicator for it to be a dense read. So anyway, Thank you for saying that. Uh, would you uh, like to give a final word to uh, the people who have been listening and uh, uh, one final connection to them to pass on from your, you know your research and writing? Yeah,
1: and- yeah, sure. Um, how about one final word being? One of the most interesting things I've learned in my career studying behavior change is how important timing can be to success wow. and motivation. I've studied something called the fresh start effect that there are moments in our lives when we feel like we're turning the page um, to a new chapter. We have a new beginning. And of course, New Year's is the most famous, but these come along regularly, whether it's because you know it's a Monday or uh, the start of a new season or the celebration of a birthday, or because you've moved to a new role or gotten a promotion or moved to a new city when those moments come, we're extra motivated to pursue our goals. And I just want to mention, I think it's really underappreciated how much we can gain when we lean into those opportunities and yeah, um, right. set goals properly set goals. in the way we were talking about earlier, you know, what's the bite size component, you're gonna uh, tackle each day, instead right. of just the big long term ambition that you may never achieve if if you if you don't break it down. Um so look for fresh starts, make sure you take advantage of that motivation and that you set goals wisely so you can get from where you are to where you want to be.
0: That would be a phenomenal book right there. The fresh start effect. You well, it's a I'm chapter
1: saying? of my book. I I feel ch- like okay, it was, I I thought okay, about good. writing a book, but I thought it would be a little bit empty in that it just gets you started and that's one of the problems with it. If you if all you have is the fresh start effect, you begin to change, but you don't see it through. And so it's it's yeah. a chapter. It's the first chapter.
0: I'm looking forward to uh, staying in touch and catching up on all your research. So thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Thank hopefully you. We, this was really fun. Ho-
0: hopefully we can do this again down the road, because uh, I know you're going to be making big breakthroughs in identifying patterns that work and patterns that don't work and it'd be great to hear. So thanks so much. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to wydellandwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.